name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Thank God we are here in front of the cross and the holy altar together. And we thank the Lord for this opportunity to hear the gospel proclaimed. It is truly a blessing. Today my word will be about the epistle reading of St. Paul to the Romans, having to do mostly with the particular aspect of that reading. I don't know if you saw what I have here. Some of you might know what this is. I'll explain to you later. It's not just to, only to hold my, my pages, but there's a purpose of this. Once there was a boy, or maybe a girl, about that age, who went to his or her mother, and she said, Mother, mother something really strange happened to me. I was tempted to do something bad. But there was a voice in my head. I could hear that voice so clearly. It was saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she said, what did you do? Well, I listened to that voice. And the mother says, said to him, you did right, my son. Continue to listen to this voice throughout your life. And it will get stronger and stronger and stronger and it will guide you and take you to places where you will be protected and safe. However, if you do not listen to it, it will get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it will vanish. And then you will be lost. You will not know where to go. You will have no help at times of constraints. So the boy went to bed. And the angels who surrounded him when he did his prayer that night heard him. Lord, give me big ears so I can hear that voice. What is that voice that speaks to us in our mind and our hearts all the time? Don't do this, it's bad. Or go for this because it's good. Or I cannot forgive myself for I did this to so and so. It is the voice of our conscience. It is. And it is the conscience that St. Paul brings up today to his fellow people, the Jews, now some of them Christians, comparing them to those people who never heard of God. Did you ever wonder what's going to happen with those who never heard of the Gospel reading of the Virgin Mary and St. Paul and St. Peter? Where are they going to end? Well, St. Paul makes a case in the letter to the, to the, uh, to the Romans. He, he talks about how everybody is in the same pot when it comes to sinfulness. That we're all in a big mess. That although God reveals Himself to us daily for thousands and thousands of years, how? Look at this fig tree here. Do you see how beautiful it is? Can you see the stars above? You cannot, because we have, we have the sky about us, protecting us from the heat of the sun. Did you see the little flowers here opening this morning at 6.30 a.m. like I did? And the mist that was up in the air disappearing? How beautiful God works in our lives. So he says, well, God was there. And everybody saw this, but despite this, they didn't turn to Him. They did not glorify God. They did not give thanks to God. 
glory to God and giving thanks to God. And because of this, the Lord gave them to all kinds of bad things. Immorality, crimes, homosexuality. Yes, he names as a long list of things. And he said, you are all in this. The Jews and the Gentiles who did not hear about the law of Moses. But now, when it comes to the judgment of God, that judgment of God done according to the truth, according to the repentance of each one of, un, of us, and according to what we did, well, the ones who did not hear about the law will give account to how good they did. The ones who had the law will give account to how they listened to the law. No, how they did what they listened. It's not the hearer that is justified and saved, but the one who does what is required. But the ones who didn't have the law, the Gentiles, by how they did good, according to what? To their heart, to the natural law. You see, because God put in us, in every single one of us, a little cricket, Jiminy. Do you watch Pinocchio, Olivia? Oh, you have, you have to catch up with these things. So, He gave us the conscience to everybody, to every single one. And those who didn't hear about God, they do good out of the goodness, out of naturally the conscience being with them. And we learn today that God shows at the times of the judgment, impartiality. He will not ask from us more than what He gave us. Okay, so this is the conscience that we all have, nevertheless. The conscience is what we all have, connects us with God. It's the very essence of who we are, how He made us in His image and likeness. We cannot escape this. We'll take it with us to the final judgment. It will be with us. It is a memory within us of who we are to be. And what man really is, and who the Creator is, we connect through this conscience of ours. As the boy witnessed, our conscience is God's voice in our soul. St. Paul calls this the natural law, and I call it the GPS for the kingdom of God. Without the working conscience, we cannot really find the destination of, our king, of, the, of the kingdom of God. What is the conscience doing? The conscience acts in different ways. As a judge, judging, approving, or condemning. The conscience as a lawgiver, as teaching how to act and how to live. Do good. Help your mother. Don't hit this boy. Don't lie to your boss. Don't steal the paper from your office. The conscience as an executor. The conscience rewards, but the conscience also can punish. It can bring peace or suffering here. St. John Chrysostom talks about this punishment in some very harsh words. He who lives in wickedness experiences through the conscience the torments of hell prior to hell. That's how powerful this um, this punishment of the, our conscience upon ourselves could be. Now, we're not Gentiles, we're not Jews, we're Christians. This is what the conscience does for everybody. And it works the same way. But what makes us different 
from the others. Well, the fact that we are Christians, the fact that we have received the Holy Spirit, and the fact that we are children of God, put us in a different position. For us, Christ Himself is the rule, the absolute rule for our conscience. You know that question, what would Jesus do if He was here? We should ask ourselves, and this is actually what the theologians and the Holy Fathers say. Christ is the true rule of our conscience. And our conscience now, as Christians, you might not have thought of this, that's fine. But we're geared, we're built up, we're formed like this. Is to be a resounding board inside of our heart of the Word of Christ through the Holy Spirit. You see here, Christ Himself mirroring Himself, becoming to live there, sounding His voice, His Word in our heart through the Holy Spirit. And this is all possible because we seek and we're granted union with Christ. What kind of union? Like this now, through the Word, by hearing it, and through the holy mysteries of the church. Which is why it's a disaster if the church is closed and we cannot participate in, in the mysteries of the church. So union with Christ is what allows our conscience to become Christ's conscience. At least we desire to have it that way, and we strive, we struggle to go that way. And the Holy Fathers teach here that this is only possible through the church. What we're doing now, we're doing now. So let me tell you what we're doing now. I'm sharpening a knife. Why am I doing this? Because this is what we're doing today. And this is what you do every time you pick, pick up the prayer rope. And every time you pray that, that, like that boy at night, Lord, give me to hear this voice. Sharpening. Sharpening. This is what we're doing. Because our conscience, brothers and sisters... As beautiful as it is given by the Lord, it is distorted by certain things. You know what the world says? If you go to school, or if you read the regular secular literature, they'll say that the conscience we have appeared because of the social development of mankind, of tribal relationships. Right? As they, they say, as they evolved from uh, God knows what into what we are today, the conscience also developed. We call that nonsense. Nonsense. As I said, the conscience is given by God. It's implanted to us. It's holy. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. Not social. The conscience is not social. In fact, the social aspect of our lives has a detrimental effect on our conscience of perversion and confusion. What does it mean? Everything we do in the world has this potential. You watch television, your conscience could get blurred, confused. You talk to your friends, you go to school, you talk to whatever you hear, it can get blurred. And many times the information we are given has this effect of corrupting our confusion, our conscience. 
Our conscience, as the boy in my little story earlier experienced, is given to us to protect us as the GPS system, as I said, to keep us on the right track. But as we go on the journey to the, to the kingdom of heavens, we have all kinds of challenges throwing at us. And our conscience is just like this. Should be like this. Such that when some enemy comes from the right, what do we do? Bam! From the left. Bam! Remember the lightsaber? I asked you about that. Vroom! 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 And we continue with this. We continue with this. Which is why we need this to be sharp. Sharp. Now the Holy Father say, keeping it sharp takes what? Labor. Of course, this is the conscience. It takes some stones here. Very specific stones. Not every stone to do this. Because if we don't, the conscience grows dull. It grows dull. And then when we're attacked, we cannot protect ourselves anymore. A dull conscience cannot serve us well. When does our conscience grow dull? Sin is what causes it to degrade. And you know how it starts? Oh, I'm not going to do my prayers today. I'll do them tomorrow or tonight. I'm going to be late today because that's okay. It's my own laziness. I slowly. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch 10 more minutes of television. Or I'm going to sleep 10 more minutes. And next week, the same thing. A bad habit becomes sin gradually. And the habitual sin grows into a passion. And the passion dulls the blades. It's like you take it and just hit the stone with it and, and ruin it. Repeated sin. Our conscience grows dull as we repeatedly, as we've seen repeatedly. What else comes in the way here? Destroying our conscience. When you rationalize, when we start thinking, the mind versus conscience. The conscience tells us, don't do that. Don't do that. But the mind says, yeah, but... Uh, my friend is doing it too. But you know, it's just one time and nobody sees me. I'm going to think it's not that bad at the end. We start having these thoughts in the mind. The rational mind fighting the, fighting the, the conscience. And the Holy Father say the mind goes before the conscience. The mind is the one who kneel down before sin, before the devil, while the conscience stays up. The conscience will say, don't do that. Don't do that. And we'll get lower and lower and lower and we engage in that sin. And if it's repeated again and again, you see where it goes. Repeated sins and rationalizing. But there's another one, parents. We need to be very careful with this. The Holy Fathers warn us against exposure to incorrect thoughts. And by this, okay, it could be coming from the screen. The huge danger of pornography, which is, comes to us more than in thoughts. The imagery hurting. In the conscience Hurt, hurt, hurt. Every image. But now, they say, incorrect thoughts. Incorrect thoughts that might have to do with the very doctrine of our faith. 
and the theology of our church. Not only children, but adults were exposed to these in the world, and we start believing them. You might hear from some Christians who are not orthodox about their practices, about the way they worship. Some people who might not be Christians. And the conscience hears those, takes a hit, takes a hit. And along with the other ones, which are what? Sin, repeating the sin, rationalizing, and hearing the garbage, bring us down lower. And we forget about this. It's dull. We live, as they say, one of the Holy Father says, the conscience loses the sense of sinfulness. We lose the sense of the grace of God. We lose the sense of spiritual life. We drift away. And it all started with a little lazy thing. It all started maybe with an image that we saw. And the thought in my head, is, I'm okay, you know. Nobody's here on time. Why would I be on time? But the conscience keeps it there. And it's beaten up. It gets weaker. And um, it can go as low as invisible. Now, the Holy Fathers teach that our conscience cannot die. Cannot die. We have it with us. At the second coming of Christ, when He will judge in His his truth, according to the Gospel. According not to what we heard, but what we did. How we did the law. And what is the law for us? Christ Himself. Christ Himself. So now, in in the, the epistle reading today, St. Paul talks about what happens to those whose conscience failed, who failed to follow the law, or for us who failed to follow the commandments of Christ. The great punishment and the torment of hell. And how peace and glory are for those who manage to fight it and keep it sharp and follow that commandment. So it's important. It's important to fear this and do what? Sharpen it. What are the stones? Number one, the Holy Gospel. Do you read and study the Holy Gospel? I mean, do you read it? Not on the, on the cell phone, the app, five lines. Do you read that and study daily? The other one is the commandments. How do we take the commandments? Do we stick by them? And the list goes on. There are more than two stones in here. Our prayer. Our participation in the life of the church. Which is what we do now. We're sharpening. Sharpening. Today is a beautiful opportunity. The way we give. The participation in the mysteries. The Holy Communion. The Holy Confession. That's how we prepare the conscience. So how is your conscience today? Sharp or dull? Well, maybe we don't know. But we know for sure that it's getting sharper. Which is why we are here. Thank God. Thank God it's getting sharper. But it's good to know how our conscience is. You know, when we prepare for Holy Confession, there are some guides out there in the, in the prayer books and some individual like this. And part of the preparation, beside the few prayers that are in there, very short, there are a few lists that are called Examination of Conscience. Before confession. What a beautiful thing. You don't have to sit down and reinvent this. And, and the Holy Fathers 
urge us to do this periodically and examine our conscience. How dull or how sharp. In three directions. One, up with God. Two, with mankind. And three, where the two axes meet, with myself. The conscience senses this all. Nothing escapes it. Nothing. Well, the examination calls for looking at some sins that we might have done. And I'll just list a few for you now. Uh, Sins against God. Do you pray to God in the morning and evening? Before and after meals? Do you read the scriptures daily? Do you read other spiritual writings regularly? Have you pronounced the name of God without reverence? Joking. Have you been slack in attending church on Sundays and on a regular basis? Have you consecrated part of the feast days, particularly Sundays and the twelve feasts, to God? Have you made your best effort to attend church on these days? Have you joined with people in prayer contrary to the faith of the Orthodox Church or attended their worship services instead of going to liturgy or other feasts that, that service? Have you kept the fasts at least to some degree? Do you behave irreverently? Have you dressed modestly in a becoming manner when in the church? Have you prepared for the services beforehand by attending services, vespers and matins and doing prayers? Have you ever left church after the divine services and particularly after receiving the Holy Communion and immediately engaged in wrongful talk or action and thus forgotten the blessings and graces you have received? Do you give thanks to God for all things? The list is longer. Sins against our neighbors. Do you respect and obey your parents? Do you respect your priests, superiors at work, teachers and elders? Have you offended them by rudeness or contradiction? Have you insulted anyone? Have you quarreled or fought with anyone? Have you hit anyone? Are you always respectful to all people? Are you ever angry, bad-tempered or irritable? Do you use foul language? Have you entertained bad feelings, ill will or hatred against anyone? Have you forgiven those who have offended you? Have you asked forgiveness from those whom you have offended? Are you at peace with everyone? Have you stolen anything? Did you try to take revenge against those who have offended you? Have you harbored resentment? Have you deceived people? Have you gossiped? Have you hold untruths? Have you judged and condemned? Have you taken pains before approaching for confession to be reconciled with all? And the third one, sins against ourselves, against yourself. Do you care for and seek first the salvation of your soul, the spiritual life and the kingdom of God? Or have you put earthly considerations in the first place? Have you been proud? Are you vain? Ambitious? Do you try to win praise and glory? Do you think too much about your looks, outward appearance and the impression that you make? Have you watched television or been on the computer or phone too much or indiscriminately? Have you given yourself up to any other similar pastime which wastes your time and energy and might have harmed you? Have you been greedy? Have you indulged in comfort eating? Have you been picky about your food? Have you been extravagant? Have you been wasteful? And uh, 
Is there any other sin which burdens your conscience or which you are ashamed to tell? This examination of conscience list will give us more pointers to think about it. And confession in preparation for Holy Communion is nothing better than we, we could do than this for sharpening our conscience. St. Ignatius Branchianov in a beautiful chapter called about conscience in this book called The Field Cultivating Salvation a marvelous book ends this short chapter in this way Beloved brother guard your conscience guard your conscience with all possible attention and care listen to that voice the more you listen to it and do what it says, the stronger you will get and the stronger you'll be on your path. Listen. Guard your conscience. Guard your conscience before God. Fulfill all the commandments of God, both those visible to all and those that are not, no one, no one sees, which are visible only to your conscience and God Himself. Guard your conscience before your brother. Do not be content with the mere appearance of goodness to your neighbor. Make sure that your very conscience is satisfied with your actions. It will only be satisfied when not only your deeds, but also your heart itself is correctly inclined towards loving your neighbor as the gospel commands. Guard your conscience with regard to the things of this world. Avoid all excess, decadence, and irreverence remembering that all things utilized by us are the creation of God, the gifts of God to us men. Brethren, guard your conscience. Do not forget that you are the image and likeness of God, that you are obliged to present this image in purity and holiness to God Himself. We have a physician, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the only one who can help us to cleanse our conscience and to make it sharp. May He, the heavenly physician, bring it to peace, to bring peace of God in it, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank God for the conscience we have and for the peace He gives to us today. Amen.